Today's episode is sponsored by Root, Restoring Our Own Through Transformation. Root is a collective of concerned Black families, community members, advocates, and interdisciplinary professionals dedicated to decreasing Black maternal and infant mortality in Ohio. Root's mission is to comprehensively restore our collective well-being through collaboration, resource allocation, research, and re-empowerment in order to meet the needs of Black parents and families. If you and your family are planning, pregnant, or in your postpartum period, please reach out to Root at www.rootrj.org. Financial assistance is available. You can also connect with Root at 614-398-1766 or email them at general-info at rootrj.org. Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Jessica Johnson. She's a mother of four and will be sharing with us today her birth story, an empowering story of tapping into her strength and having a V-back after a surgical birth with twins. Hello, Jessica. Welcome to the show. Hi. Yes, yes. Welcome. Um, Can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Absolutely. So um, as Danielle mentioned, I am a mother of four, um, wife, entrepreneur. Um, my husband is also an entrepreneur. Um, and our kids range from ages one years old. He just turned one in May. Um, and the, six, the oldest is six. He just turned six in June. Um, and then we have twins that um, turned four in March. So pretty busy in our household. I was just about to say that. (laughs) And this is probably going to be like the stuff that you remember the most about being a mom, like, like just their little personalities and how they began to unfold. Um, I hear a lot of times with bigger families and fours considered big now. Right. So, (laughs) uh, and it's just like, you're going to remember these days so much because their little cells are just kind of developing. It is. It's so crazy. And we have identical twin girls and they're seeing the differences in their personality, even, you know, before they were one years old and you can see that personality is still the same. Now there are differences and that, you know, part of that is how we were able to tell them apart early on when they look so much alike was they literally just had different personalities and they make faces, facial expressions. It's crazy. Um, and then even the baby, I mean, the kids really start to develop their personality before they turn one years old. I've always wondered that about identical twin parents. Like, have y'all switched your kids and didn't know it? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> to keep their hospital tags on their ankles for like the first three weeks and then still look a lot alike so still hard but we noticed um the youngest twin Amari she has a birthmark on her belly and so we were like even if we switch them we know who she is we just have to lift her shirt up and look at her belly for her we were starting to notice their facial expression differences Erin used to fold her lip in it was the smallest little things but we started noticed it and then we had the fail save and just looking at the belly it's amazing how we've come into parenting like 
how you become a parent for that individual child is that quick and easy. Like, so tell us a little bit about your pregnancy. So you wanted to share your most recent, your one-year-old pregnancy? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So um, the pregnancy went fine. Um, so um, yeah, all, all three of my pregnancies were fairly easy. Um, not a whole lot of sickness, anything like that. Um, you know, we um, we did the pregnancies on our own um, and just with the help of, help of the doctors uh, for the first two. And for this one, we decided that we wanted to work with uh, a doula. Um, and so we had additional help and support through uh, Monique and uh, Laurel uh, through Root. Um, and so, you know, this, this pregnancy was a little bit different in that aspect that we had some additional support. We also switched our doctor. Um, the doctor that we had for the other two pregnancies, we started with her. Um, and we just, that first meeting, we actually, through, the, the, through each birth, the experience got a little worse. And with the pregnancy with the twins, it kind of put the icing on the cake, but we still went to her just because she was a familiar face. We were used to her. And that first meeting, that first meeting, it was a no. And so within that, after our first doctor's appointment, we switched doctors. And once we got the right team in place, the pregnancy went smooth. You know, I think so many of us, specifically thinking about like our care providers do, if we've had multiple children, it's like, oh, I'll just stick with the same person. I already know them. They've already like done this with me. But, you know, I think no matter what, like, you know, you're an example. If the vibe is not there, you don't have to do that. It's not like, it's not like, oh, I need to be loyal to this person. <laughs> like, no, this is my birth experience and right, building the right team. So, um, you know, I'm not just going to stick it out because I've seen this, this face before. You've been there before. Absolutely. And what you're used to isn't always the right, the right way. And so, you know, I, I'm a person, I'm not really easily offended. You know, there's not, it's just, you know, get in, get the job done. <laughs> and that's it. And so my, my first pregnancy um, was vaginal. This, you know, my first child, it was vaginal and he got stuck. And so um, he was stuck for three minutes and it all happened so quickly and you know before you know it all these doctors rush in they're pushing on my belly trying to push him out I mean it was traumatic and so once that was over with you know I didn't think much about it until I came in for the next pregnancy with the before I even knew they were twins and she, she you know she kind of told me like hey you know this could have really went bad and I didn't know at the time that it was that bad because it was over with the baby was fine didn't think anything else about it and so she and me you know her initial conversation with me was we may want to consider a c-section with this next pregnancy because my son was he was eight pounds I think four ounces so they're like if the baby is going to be eight pounds we want to we might want to consider a c-section in that first meeting and so it was just automatic let's not think about, you know, why he got stuck or different things we can do to change because he got stuck. It's just, hey, the first one got stuck. So you might not want to do that this next time. 
And so then we found out in that same meeting after she did the ultrasound that it was twins. And it was like, oh yeah, really, you're having twins. You really might want to consider a C-section. And so again, me being the person I'm not really offended, I'm like, all right, I hear what she's saying, but I'm still going to go vaginal. Um, but you know, as I kind of look back throughout the entire pregnancy, she was really kind of pushing for that C-section with the twins. And so we, you know, we went in um, trying to trying to do vaginal with the twins. They pushed it early. They didn't want us. They didn't want me to stay pregnant um, longer than I think 37 weeks because they were identical, sharing a placenta. You know, in hindsight, that probably wasn't the best thing to do because they just weren't ready. And so, as things weren't progressing with the twins, they just um, she came in and she said, you know, we might want to go ahead and do the C-section now so that it um, it doesn't turn into an emergency C-section later. And so. You know, we, we talked about it. We knew that that might be an option. And I think that was the best decision at that time. But in hindsight, we realized that some of the steps before um, even getting to the hospital, if we had changed those things, we may not have gotten to that point to where we needed to do a C-section at that point. How much of that uh, has a lot to do with fear, right? Um and liability for the providers, everybody wanting to make sure they're doing the right, what they believe is the right thing for you. Um, and sometimes a surgical birth is necessary, right? We don't want people to lose, you know, their lives, their children's lives during birth, but it is a serious surgery, right? How was, um, so she, after she did everything, were you able to find out like what she actually said was the reason you had a surgical birth? Just saying that you just couldn't progress further? No, not, at, not until this fourth, um, this fourth one when I worked with Monique. Um, and so after the twins were born, they were born, everybody was healthy, nothing else. Um, and so, you know, I think with the doctors, they're, they're so busy. Um, that they don't invest the time in helping you to understand uh, what has happened so that it can possibly be avoided in the future. You know, all they're concerned about is the baby came out, nobody's dead, <laughs> um, and nobody is injured, and, you know, I made my money. And so, you know, that was pretty much it. We had a regular follow-up. That was it. And, I mean, and you know, in all transparency, after it was over with for me, it's kind of the same thing. You know, we're all healthy, we're bored. You know, it, not until that next birth did I really start to try to investigate how could this have been different. And I think that that like that's so true about you know it's like oh it's it's done it's over let's everybody's healthy and fine. Um, we'll do that six week checkup. You're good, and then like you're really fine kind of like gone in the wind but I think you know it's so important to take the like for doctors or care providers to kind of go over the birth because when you're thinking about family planning with someone like that's part of their whole knowing what happened before definitely is able to help you prepare for the next one so that's part of like your family planning okay what can I do this time around to shift or change what happened before um because vaginal births have their risk and, and shift um, things that might 
changed the way that you're able to have your next baby. Having a surgical birth does the same thing. Like all of that has an impact. And if you're not really understanding why something occurred the first time, you may repeat it the second time or you might help it. And I just, I, I find it interesting that, you know, at that six week checkup, that's not, no one, like there is no conversation about, well, this is why things went down this route or this is how that happened. It's like, are you still bleeding? Any concerns? You're good to go. See you later. I think part of it is the fact that part of the reason things go, don't go the right way is because the doctors rush you. And so they're not going to own that um, because, you know, they're just doing their job, I guess, Um, you know, but getting um, induced, you know, that, that doesn't always help um, in my opinion. And so you know, there are definitely situations where it should be done. Um, but, you know, even with the twins, looking back, I was getting stress tests. I was going once a week, you know, did, did we really need to induce me right before um, 37 weeks because they were sharing a placenta if the placenta was healthy and we're lucky. And so, you know, it's, it's a balance, you know, nobody wants anything bad happen um but understanding those options because it was pretty much just presented to me hey you know we're gonna set you at this time because you don't want to go this this far you know too much further and in my mind immediately it's okay what does that mean does that means silver or you know which it could possibly but there was no additional option to say hey you know we could do xyz to try to make sure that we're monitoring your birth um, monitoring the babies more to make sure. And I was getting ultrasounds every week. Um, and so, you know, having that, and that's what I loved about the fourth pregnancy, which I guess we got to get back to, um, working with the doula is that, you know, I got, I didn't just get the medicine. I got some other alternative options. Hey, you know, if you don't want to do this, maybe you can also take these steps to still feel comfortable and still feel like your baby is safe. Did, so you said that for the, for the fourth birth, the investigation that you did about like what happened, what did that look like for you to kind of like process through the previous birth with the twins and then going and then the prep for the fourth birth? Absolutely. So third birth, fourth child. Um, so one of the major things, so, you know, I got to experience the vaginal with my first, and then I experienced the C-section with the twins. And so, you know, each experience was absolutely different. Um, the, I'm so self-sufficient, and when I can't do stuff on my own, it bothers me. And so, you know, having one baby at home, the two new babies, and not being able to move um, the way that I want to after having the C-section, um, I didn't want that. I figured having four kids, it would be a challenge to have that limited mobility. Although I have a great support system at home. My husband is great. Um, Both of our parents are great and extended family, Um, my sister, all of them. So, you know, but still, you know, if I am able to have the baby and have more of the recovery as I did with the vaginal, that would be ideal. And so that was the main, one of the main things and reasons 
also just not wanting to have another surgery in general. Um, and so I remember with the C-section, the pain was tolerable, but I had to stop myself from getting, um, getting another prescription of the pain medication because I was afraid I was gonna get addicted. And so it was tolerable because I'm taking this medicine, but I want more of it because I don't wanna have to feel that pain anymore. And so I just had to say no. And so, you know, it's those things thinking about, I just, you know, if it had to happen, it had to happen, but you know, if I could do everything I could to try not to go that route, I wanted to. And so um, I knew Monique. I also knew a couple of people that have worked with Ruth and other doulas. Um, and so having those conversations with um, other people, I decided to reach out. Um, I think in the past, doulas are explained to be, um, you know, that they, they help to advocate for you during your pregnancy um, and your birth. And so that's a great description. But for me, I'm, again, I'm so independent. I don't need anything from anybody. And so in my mind, well, I don't need anybody to advocate for me because nobody's going to tell me what to do. <laughs> Not necessarily the doula, but the doctors. No doctor is going to tell me to do anything I don't want to do. And so, um, you know, removing that and really understanding that there is a greater um, need for them, you know, than just in that, in that room, but really just having that, you know, the experience taking the medicine out of it for a little bit, really kind of researching. So, um, you know, researching and looking at my lab works, the pet, you know, all those different things that the doctors just will not do. Um, and maybe it's not all doctors, but at least it was <laughs> my experience at Ohio State. So, um, so yeah, so we decided to go ahead and work with a doula for this, um, this pregnancy. And um, from that initial meeting, uh, we sat down, we talked about what my goals were. Uh, we talked about what challenges that I had in the past and, you know, what I wanted this pregnancy to ideally look, look like. And then we just established a plan and worked with it from there. And it all pretty much went well. So go ahead and share your birth experience with us then. Let up to it. All right. So. With baby number four, um, you know, during the pregnancy, we did several different things. We, you know, we um, we did the, uh, what's the name of it? Laurel, it's the tar stuff. <laughs> oh, black strap molasses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, that was awful. You know, we did several things. So um, we looked at my chart. Um, and saw, you know, with the first, I was induced because, um, my water, I thought my water broke. It just kind of had a premature rupture, but it didn't really break all the way. Um, and so, you know, new parents is excited. He's already nine or not, maybe not nine. I think it was like six days late. All right, let's just go. So we went sitting in the hospital for, you know, I think it may have been like six hours. He's still not coming. They say, all right, we're, we're you know, we shouldn't. So I got induced. Then they're like, all right, you know, we could be at least 12 hours with this. So I'm like, you know, give me that for Dural. So, you know, looking at all these things, 
and we're looking at different things that we can do to, to maybe try to keep my membrane from rupturing too soon. So, um, you know, we went, I went with the recommendations um, of the doula um, for different things to do leading up. We also, um, the, is it the prune? All right, can't think of that right now. <laughs> several things that she recommended that I do uh, <laughs> to try to aid this thing along and so um you know it was it was funny he was due on Mother's Day May 12th and I'm an accountant um and so you know first the plan was all right just don't come early I need to get through April 15th um, and so that worked that, you know, God was in favor of that plan. And so there's always something to do. So, you know, leading up to May 12th, like I need to do X, Y, Z, um, to, you know, make sure that I have everything done. My daughter had a doctor's appointment, May, I believe like May 9th. Um, I had a hair appointment, <laughs> I think on May 10th or something. So I had everything lined up and I'm like, please just make it at least to your due date. And so it was funny because um, it was kind of like I lined everything up in order trying to wait till that date. Like, hey, if you just let me get through this Friday. And so, you know, Friday, I spent some time with my husband. You know, we, we still didn't pack a bag, but, um, you know, we just kind of had some time to rest, relax. And we had planned for his mom to come over that weekend to kind of help with the kids as well. And I think my parents were going to come up that weekend since it was Mother's Day. So uh, wake up Saturday morning at, I think it was like two in the morning. Um, and I'm starting to have some cramping. Um, and so, you know what, I just, I'm looking at my notes. It was four in the morning before my, um, the day before my due date. Um, and so everybody else was prepped. The girl's hair was done. I think my son had just gotten a haircut. Everybody was ready except my bag wasn't packed, which was kind of planned because I, after the, all the other pregnancies, I knew I don't need a bag. I just right. need clothes, a toothbrush, and that's it. So, you know, so um, I woke up and I was, I was cramping. And so come to find out um, some of my, um, my mucus plug had come out. And so immediately I'm like, all right, you know, I guess this is it. This is new. In the other pregnancies, I didn't have a mucus plug come out, but you know, okay. So it, the cramping wasn't that bad. Trying to, I text my doula, let her know. Um, and then I tried to go back to sleep, but I couldn't because all I could think about was, all right, I still got work to do. <laughs> so uh, so I was like, you know, let me just get done what I can. So I sat down, I tried to do some work and then sitting just, you know, all of these cramps just started coming. And so, um, you know, the distractions worked for a little bit, but not too long. So I took a shower, you know, time, time goes by and, um, you know, before we know it, I think it was like 9am or something. It was kind of bad, but you know, still kind of moving on because they weren't close together. Um, and so that morning, our daughters had dance. My, um, I went with everybody because they didn't want to leave me home by myself. And so I'm in the girls' dance practice, 
walking around, you know, cramps are starting, I'm leaning on the walls and then trying to seem normal to everybody else, but walking away when I have cramps. So there was a, uh, one of our friends had, I think the baby wasn't even, maybe she had just turned one and she's walking up to me in the middle of a contraction. (laughs) I want to say, you know, walk away, but she, you know, she, it looks like she knew something was wrong and she was trying to console me it was the sweetest thing and so you know I still made it through practice we get home um you know we didn't think it was going to go that quickly so we you know we made it through dance um and um and made it back home we get home and it starts to pick up and so I don't remember how far apart they were at this time, but this is like 11 o'clock at this point and it's starting to pick up. Um, I remember every time, cause I didn't want the kids to think like I was like really in pain. And so every time it was hurting, I would kind of walk away. And I remember my oldest of the twins, Aaron, she, she followed me into the other room and she looked at me and she said, what is wrong with you? <laughs> And it wasn't a concern. It was almost like, why are you doing that? Like, get it together. So I, um, I took a shower, you know, I tried to delay it a little bit. Um, and so I, after I took another shower, it was hurting. And I finally just reached out to Monique, um, my doula and said, you know, I, I think this is coming. Um, and so, um, you know, she got ready to head that way. And I tried to slow things down a bit. Um, I laid on a medicine ball to try to slow it down. And that worked for a little bit. Um, And so just kind of laying, hovered over the medicine ball, worked for a little bit. And then I decided to to get up and move around. And my husband on the other side, he's like, why are we not at the hospital? And so, you know, he, he's very supportive. You know, he, he was very in support of us doing this the natural way, but he's afraid I'm going to have this baby at home and he's not going to be equipped to do anything about it. And so, you know, that was part of me slowing it down as well to try to wait until Monique came so that, um, you know, at least I had another calm voice on the other end. So Monique came, we went outside, took a walk around, um, up and down our street. And in the middle of that walk, things really started picking up. And so uh, we came back in the house and she tried to have me laying down for this pregnancy, sitting and laying down just did not work. It hurt the most doing those things. And so, you know, understanding positional changes and that doing some, there's no traditional way to do anything. Uh, what worked for one person, what worked for one pregnancy, just it may not be the same this time around. And so um, at about two o'clock, we left for the hospital. We get to the hospital, we do the triage, they take us back. I think when we got to the hospital, I don't know, I might've been maybe like six centimeters dilated. Um, They take us back and I I couldn't do wheelchair or anything. I just had to walk and do everything. Um, And so, we were probably in that room 30 minutes to 45 minutes and my water broke in about 10, 15 minutes later, I was in active labor. 
Um, and so I, well, I guess I was already an active leader, but um, he was he was coming down. So again, at the hospital, I tried to bend over and um, kind of hover over a chair to slow it down since that worked so well. So after my water broke, I tried to slow it down um, since that worked so well at home and that actually made it speed up. <laughs> and so I ended up giving birth. We, we moved me from, I was on the ground, hovered over a chair. We moved me to the bed, but in the same position. And before I know it, the pressure, it just, he just came down. And so I, I didn't have to push many times. Um, and he just kind of came right out. So, you know, the doctor came in, it wasn't my doctor. Um, of course, you know how that works. It's whoever was on call and my doctor just wasn't on call at that time. The doctor came in and he's like, um, you know, can you turn over? And I'm like, no, <laughs> this is happening this way. I'm not moving. He's already coming out. No. Um, and so, you know, he just had to deal with it and he adapted and the baby came out and here we are. Everybody was healthy. Everybody was happy. Um, I, we had the plan that I would not get the epidural. Um, I tried to ask for it a couple of times and, you know, surprisingly, even the nurses were like, you're so far along. Are you sure? And so, you know, between their support, Monique's support and my husband's support, everybody knowing that it was really my plan not to get an epidural because I thought that, you know, I wanted to try to be as unmedicated as possible to try to get the best result because I really think that in the past medicine um, just failed my pregnancy in the past. And so um, everybody was very supportive of it and it all went well. I'm thinking about one. You kept wanting to slow it down. What was that for you mentally? Like at home, you're like, mm, not yet. At the hospital, you're like, not yet. Oh, and so if you talk to my husband and Monique, I mean, I guess that was kind of the whole time I was trying to slow it down because even when he was coming out, I'm screaming, no. <laughs> And it's like, after I talked to my husband, he was like, you were saying, no, what? Like the baby is coming out and I'm like, no. So I don't know. I don't know if it was a mixture of fear or what, but um, no, I just, I wasn't ready. I was ready, but I wasn't. And it was just all happening so fast. And it was happening in an order and in a way that it had not happened in the past. So it's just kind of like, all right, pump the brake. <laughs> uh, was I really ready for this? Pump the brake. And so, you know, every time I tried to pull back, um, the, my support system helped to kind of push me forward. So that was helpful. You needed a moment to like process, wait, <laughs> we're doing this. <laughs> like I, and you know, again, I'm, I'm getting my steps in order. I'm, you know, I knew it was going to happen. But when it was happening, it's like, wait, no, am I really ready for this? And so, yeah, I think, I think a lot of it was kind of fear. And even when, you know, you said every things that work in one pregnancy don't always work in the, the next pregnancy. And I think especially when, for people when we've had multiples and in so many and like had multiples in different ways it's hard to be like, what well, is, is this supposed to happen? Like it, what, what, is, what am I supposed to be feeling right now at this moment? <laughs> is right. this okay? 
and especially when you've had inductions, I think it um, sometimes it takes you longer to like sit with like, oh, this is what my body can do on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. And that feels that can that doesn't feel like what I felt before, but like this is what my body can do um, without medicine. So and, and you know, my first two pregnancies were just, you know, the first one, my son got stuck. And so the second one, the girls cried, but baby A, she um she just wouldn't come down. And so it's like, how is this gonna happen? And so I kind of joked to say, you know, the fear was there, but now, you know, it went so smoothly. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I want to have a fourth pregnancy just so that I can, <laughs> like, I know what to do now. Like, now, now I am a birthing expert. <laughs> Baby number five is just out of the question. <laughs> but I could do that. I could do that fourth birth. And I think, you know, now I know everything I need to do. And that baby's going to just fly right on out. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure your husband does not listen to this, right? Right. (laughs) It was the fear was there, but I think I hid it during the pregnancy. And so in the in the moment, in the moment, I think that um it just kind of all ruptured. And so it was like, oh, this is happening. What is gonna happen? And it was just all so unknown and it happened so quickly but you know no matter what I screamed and said it was it was happening regardless so you know I still pushed through the fear although it was still there so yeah yeah I'm I'm happy that you um called your doctor something that day as well the audacity <laughs> to walk in the room and ask a woman in labor to turn around for his convenience Oh, uh, <laughs> white man. Um, and so I just, you know, you would think they would understand since they do that all the time. But um, no, he, he told he told me to turn around, and I said no. Not today, sir. <laughs> um, <laughs> not at this first. That that's the part of me that said I don't need anybody to ask. Right. You're not gonna tell me what to do. Uh, that part right there you know I I love that you when you were explaining about like you know I I knew that I would be able to advocate for myself that but I still needed that support you know like I and I think having a doula um you know like she was able to support you and with like your husband's support and nurses to to get over the fear to be like you can still do this. You're still doing it. You're, you're doing it right now. And like that, and I think for some people, they will like shy away from doulas because they think that that's their only job is to be that advocate. And it's like, no, like there's so many other aspects of our work to support you. Like we don't have to fulfill every single one of those lumps. We find what, 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 what part um, do you need that need support with? And that's the one that we're going to focus on. So for you, it wasn't the like, managing the people it was the support of like you can do this and getting over that fear like fighting through that fear so yeah and um I think that's a great point and I think part of it as well is just having somebody else looking at things 
because again, the doctors, they are not going into that level of detail. So one of the reasons why I switched doctors because of that first initial meeting, when I went in that um, the meeting or the appointment for the third pregnancy, um, I asked her about the VBAC and she typed my information into a computer to say, like, I guess it's some kind of survey to say, how much do you weigh? How much, you know, X, Y, Z, how, what birth is this for you? And it spit out a percentage and said, you have a 70% chance, you know, whatever the percent chance was that this will go well. So already that's all right. What is this computer? These are, you know, these are statistics. You're coming at me with statistics, which is important, but that's it. And so after she did that, I said, you know, is there any concern since my son got stuck in the first pregnancy? And so she kind of had this look on her face. Then she started typing, like trying to go through my records. And she was like, oh, that happened. Mind you, she was my doctor for that. She didn't deliver him. She was my doctor. Oh, that happened. And this is what, they're five years apart. So it was five years ago. And so then like, as she's trying to scroll through my records, she said, was that at this hospital? I'm like, okay. So you came, I don't expect you to remember every patient, but you need to look at my chart before you come into this room. And so you are advising me on what to do for my pregnancy and you didn't even bother to look at my history. And so, you know, I was afraid when we walked out of that meeting because, you know, again, there she goes talking about C-section. We walked out the, the appointment. I was afraid that she scared my husband um, into me not doing a VBAC. And I asked him, I said, you know, I, you know, I don't know if I really want her as my doctor because, you know, I, I don't like it. And he, and he said, I don't even know why you went back to her. You know that you didn't really like her. In the first, and, you know, having his support just helped me to make that decision. So, you know, I immediately got on the phone with Ohio State. I had another doctor in mind because I had actually had to visit her once when my other doctor was out. She happened to be a black doctor and I had a great experience with her. And um, so we switched. Um, and so with the doula, having somebody who was going to look at your chart, and I didn't necessarily do everything that was suggested, but the suggestions were there. Somebody was looking at my chart saying, hey, you know, your membrane ruptured early. Maybe you need a little more vitamin C in your system, you know, or saying, having more iron sometimes helps in pregnancy. And, you know, so the date, that was what I couldn't think about earlier. You know, taking date, doing, doing different things, doing different exercises, having that support to know when you're in labor, when you're having contractions, you should do X, Y, Z, um, and that will help you to get through it. And those are the things that I'm, a, I'm the type of person, I Google everything. But if I don't know what to look for, I don't know, you know, I don't get all the information. And so if I Google natural birth, I don't know if I got everything or if I didn't. And so having that support system to say, hey, have you looked into this? That helped out a lot. And I think that is one of the major things that having a doula does for you is you get more than one opinion. That doesn't mean you have to go with everything they say. But then I got the opportunity to research what she was saying, what my doctor was saying, and making an informed decision. That's a powerful statement. 
right there. Just making an informed decision, like having everything available to you for information, resources, and knowing what works best for you, right? And using that, not necessarily that you have to, like you said, take everybody's advice because that would drive you crazy anyway, right? Like this thing, I gotta do this and I gotta do that and I gotta do that. So finding the thing that works best for you, being able to balance that with having a care provider and just as just an extra statement of knowing that not all doulas are doing that, right? All, all doulas are going to be the one to go through your charts and, and go through all that extra information because it's, it's not um, necessarily the thing to do because some people may say that it, it's more than being a doula. So, yeah. So this time around, what did postpartum look like? Oh, postpartum was great. So, um, because he came so he came out so quickly, I had him at like four o'clock and I don't know if it had to do with the fact that I didn't get an epidural, but they let me leave the hospital in 24 hours. <laughs> um, and so we joke, I went in on Saturday, came out on Sunday, which was mother's day. We joke is like, Oh, we just went to the hospital and got a baby and came back home. And so, you know, it, that was the good and the bad. It was great because we were able to be back home Sunday so that we can get our other kids ready for school because, you know, they still had to go to school. And so it was kind of like, oh, we just had this break on the weekend and I was back to the normal life. And so the positive side is that we were able to do that. The downside is that we did that. And so it's like, all right, I just had a baby. Like, <laughs> And it, you know, it, it kind of took a minute to settle in, like, oh, I just really just had a, had a baby. And so I need to kind of pump the brakes. Same reason why I wanted to have the VBAC is so that I can be mobile. But at the same time, you know, I, I still had to make myself kind of sit down and, and not do a lot just so that I can kind of really just sit and, and dwell in the fact that I just had a baby. And so, but postpartum went well. Um, you know, again, we had a great support system. Um, my mom was all three of the pregnancy. She, she has a fairly flexible schedule um, and she was able to come up for a week to help us out. Uh, my husband's mom, um, she has always been supportive. She always comes over and helps us out. And so um, having those people that are able to help and kind of be with us to watch the other kids or do whatever else we need was great. And so, you know, I was blessed to, to have a great postpartum. Sounds excellent that you were able to even just make yourself pause for a moment. Um, it is very easy to jump into, one, especially since you're already a mother of three, so you're often doing all the things. <laughs> so <laughs> jumping back in on Monday, like, yep, and now we've got to get ready for school. And there's this little tiny baby that we just added to the <laughs> And there's me, right? <laughs> uh, that it was a lot. It was certainly a lot. I'm glad you had the um, family and friend resources to help you with that management. I'm giving kudos to all y'all with over uh, two children. Oh, how y'all doing? Listen, we have three. You don't even notice. We <laughs> had my nephews. I have two nephews that are really close to eight. One is older than my, one year older than my oldest and one is one year younger than him. And so we just had them a couple of weeks ago and they stayed the whole weekend. And you just don't even notice how many kids you have after it's about <laughs> because they just kind of all 
into the mix. So yeah. you can wow. do it. I might send mine to y'all. always in the air, like juggling. <laughs> <laughs> Where that other one at? <laughs> I don't know. The quiet one. The youngest, Jameer, he's definitely the most calm. And it's just kind of like, he's just kind of sitting back, trying to observe everything that's going on. Um, but he just, poor Jameer, he just has to turn our ball The kids are always, you know, trying to pick them up. and do all these things with him. Him and the youngest twin are always battling um, for attention. So it is is very interesting having having all four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. Um, I really, really appreciate it. Is there anything else you want to share with listeners, whether that be resources, advice, anything else from your birth? Um, you know, advice, as we said before, just, you know, whether you get a doula or not, I, th I think it's very important to, to have that extra resource, you know, again, Root was a great resource. So, um, locally here in Columbus, Ohio, um, that, that organization was a great resource for me. Um, and so, you know, I think the other thing is, you know, working with someone of color, our bodies are just different. Um, and so I, I think it helps. I think it helps to have that consult with um, someone who understands, you know, the demographic as well. Um, but definitely just, you really can't rely on the doctors. And I think that was kind of not necessarily a mistake, but um, something that we could have done better in the first two pregnancies is not put all our eggs in one basket being the doctor, um, the doctor in Google. <laughs> and so, you know, having that additional resource uh, was definitely important. And, you know, just trusting yourself, trusting your body, um, you know, having a backup plan, but also having a strong will to know that this part, you know, I'm going to stick with this original plan until I absolutely cannot anymore. And, you know, trusting yourself. So uh, I think those are the, the main things that should be taken into consideration. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, we are so appreciative. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Having me. Of course. Come, come everybody. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening Bring to all. Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to com. Today's episode is sponsored by Root, Restoring Our Own Through Transformation. Root is a collective of concerned Black families, community members, advocates, and interdisciplinary professionals dedicated to decreasing Black maternal and infant mortality in Ohio. Root's mission is to comprehensively restore our collective well-being through collaboration, resource allocation, research, and re-empowerment in order to meet the needs of Black parents and families. If you and your family are planning, pregnant, or in your postpartum period, please reach out to Root at www.rootrj.org. Financial assistance is available. You can also connect with Root at 614-398-1766 or email them at general-info at rootrj.org.